Get this full audiobook for free by clicking now the link in the description. It's brought to you by the book guide. Of how we left that night, hand in hand, our palms glittering like we had stolen the stars. It is Friday the 13th, so I should know better. Getting from Sotheby's on the Upper East Side to the Ansonia on the Upper West Side means taking the Q train to Times Square and then the one uptown, so I have to travel in the wrong direction before I start going in the right one. I hate going backward. Normally, I would walk across Central Park, but I am wearing a new pair of shoes that are rubbing a blister on my heel, shoes I never would have worn if I'd known that I was going to be summoned by Kitomi Ito. So instead, I find myself on public transit. But something's off, and it takes me a moment to figure out what. It's quiet. Usually, I have to fight my way through tourists who are listening to someone singing for coins or a violin quartet. Today, though, the platform is empty. Last night, Broadway theaters had shut down performances for a month, after an usher tested positive for COVID out of an abundance of caution. That's what Finn said, anyway. New York Presbyterian, where he is a resident, has not seen the influx of coronavirus cases that are appearing in Washington State and Italy and France. There were only 19 cases in the city, Finn told me last night as we watched the news, when I wondered out loud if we should start panicking yet. Wash your hands and don't touch your face, he told me. It's going to be fine. The uptown subway is nearly empty, too. I get off at 72nd and emerge above ground, blinking like a mole, walking at a brisk New Yorker clip. The Ansonia, in all its glory, rises up like an angry gin, defiantly jutting its bozar chin at the sky. For a moment, I just stand on the sidewalk, looking up at its mansard roof and its lazy sprawl from 73rd to 74th Street. There's a North Face and an American apparel at ground level, but it wasn't always this bougie. Kitomi told me that when she and Sam Pride moved in in the 70s, the building was overrun with psychics and mediums and housed a swingers club with an orgy room and an open bar and buffet. Sam and I, she said, would stop in at least once a week. I was not alive when Sam's band, the Night Jars, was formed by Sam and his co-songwriter, William Punt, with two school chums from Slough, England. Nor was I when their first album spent 30 weeks on the Billboard charts, or when their little British quartet went on the Ed Sullivan show and ignited a stampede of screaming American girls. Not when Sam married Kitomi Ito ten years later, or when the band broke up, months after their final album was released, featuring cover art of Kitomi and Sam naked mirroring the figures in a painting that hung behind their bed. And I wasn't alive when Sam was murdered three years later, on the steps of this very building, stabbed in the throat by a mentally ill man who recognized him from that iconic album cover. But like everyone else on the planet, I know the whole story. The doorman at the Ansonia smiles politely at me. The concierge looks up as I approach. I'm here to see Kitomi Ito, I say coolly, pushing my license across the desk to her. She's expecting you, the concierge answers. Floor 18, I know. 
Lots of celebrities have lived at the Ansonia. From Babe Ruth to Theodore Dreiser to Toscanini to Natalie Portman, but arguably Kitomi and Sam Pride are the most famous. If my husband had been murdered on the front steps of my apartment building, I might not have stayed for another 30 years, but that's just me. And anyway, Kitomi is finally moving now, which is why the world's most infamous rock widow has my number in her cell phone. What is my life, I think, as I lean against the back wall of the elevator. When I was young and people asked what I wanted to do when I grew up, I had a whole plan. I wanted to be securely on a path to my career, to get married by 30, to finish having kids by 35. I wanted to speak fluent French and have traveled cross-country on Route 66. My father had laughed at my checklist. You, he told me, are definitely your mother's daughter. I did not take that as a compliment. Also, for the record, I'm perfectly on track.